This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au The best thing sometimes for a body is a good cry. I feel like I haven't cried this much since the first time I watched Titanic. But I'm, fe- I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling light. Hey, I've got, I'm going to do an eight-minuter. Can you, guys, can you guys stay with me for an eight-minuter? I'm aware of the time, but I believe God's got a word for us. We're kicking off a two-week Christmas series today and next Sunday, and it's called The Necessity for Jesus. And what was really powerful is Eliza Barr and Jess Hodgkinson actually preached the sermon for me, and we'll see that weaved in. But let me do the Bible reading, and we're going to kick straight into it. So John 1, 1 to 9. So John 1, 1 to 9. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything that was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light gives light to everyone, was coming into the world." The necessity for Jesus. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about why, why did Jesus have to come? Why did he have to come? This moment is in a very important context for us to understand. The gap between Malachi, which was the last book of the Old Testament. Does anyone know how long it was until Jesus came? How many years from Malachi to Jesus appearing? 400 years. The last time we had heard from a God about any hope for humanity, there was this gap, there was this darkness for 400 years, this waiting. I don't know if you guys have done much camping. I love camping. I, one, of my, one of my most haunting camping memories was we were in Washington State, uh, Olympic National Park, and we'd gone into uh, a camping site, and it was it was freezing. It was it was very very cold. But you know when you go into a camping site and it's pitch black, you don't know where to set up. So you got your torch out, you're looking for a place to set up. Anyway, we found an open an open space. Everything was pitch black. Anyway, we pitched the tents, we got the sleeping bags out, and we got in there okay. And the tent wasn't good enough. The sleeping bag wasn't good enough, and it was one of those nights where I did not sleep. It was bitterly cold. I don't know if you guys have ever slept in a tent in a sleeping bag where it's bitterly cold and you can't feel your toes. I remember I literally wore every item of clothing that I had, like Chandler being in that Friends episode, like every item of clothing that I had. I had a sleeping bag on. I had the pillowcase over, like the pillow over my ears, and it was unbearable. But all that, all that I kept thinking to myself that night was this line from Bear Grylls. 
I love Bear Grylls. That, that, Bear Grylls is my guy. He does this thing every night, and he just goes, just make it to sunrise. That's all, he, that's all, that's all this mind through my mind was just make it to sunrise, make it to sunrise. And it was a long night. It was a long, long night. But the sun did rise. And I don't know if you guys appreciate a sunrise, if you can see a sunrise, but a sunrise, the light and the warmth when you are bitterly cold in a, in a campsite, just, it hits different. <laughs> it hits different. If it was warm and I'd, I'd had a good night's sleep and you're in the comfort of our bedroom, that sun doesn't mean as much. And this is what it means when Jesus, the light, enters into the darkness. We don't appreciate it. What, what, if, what if Jesus never came? I don't know if you guys have ever, ever, ever done that. What if, what if Jesus never came? The things that we are living from, the, the burdens that we are carrying, we would still be stuck with them. Eliza Barr literally preached the sermon for me. She was saying that the world and her whole way of life was I need to do more and I need to be more to get my worth. And it was crushing her. And the answer other people would be, pull up your bootstraps. Just keep working harder. Be more and do more. That's where your worth is. And Brad so gently and kindly gave her the gospel that your worth isn't in your doing. Your worth isn't in found in you being perfect. That's why Jesus needed to come because we're, we're not stuck with the law anymore. We're not stuck with having to be perfect. I don't know if you guys think about the narratives that we live under, but all of us, I think, have this. We have one thing. We have one area of our life that we need Jesus. I was, I was, I was actually catching up with some friends Married couple, they don't know Jesus, but it turned into a gospel session. And she was saying, I've had the toughest week. My kid's been sick and it feels like I've done everything perfectly. I've done everything perfectly and it's just not enough. And I'm crushed. And, and I got to know the husband a bit better and he was telling me a bit about his story. And he, and he was essentially saying, I just can't live without having the approval of everyone I know. I need the people in my life. I need my friends. I need my work colleagues to just love me. I need that. I need that to drive me. And when that's not there, I'm crushed. We desperately need Jesus. We need this light in the darkness. And I could spend, I could spend many, many hours through this beautiful text, but I just want to zoom in on one verse here, verse 4. It says, in him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was light. In Jesus was life, and that life was light. Now, John's got, he's got so many mixed metaphors here, it's, it's hard to keep up. But what, what he's getting at here is that Jesus, we need Jesus because we need a new way of living. We needed Jesus to expose the light, the ways that we are living the ways that we are living through our perfection and it's crushing us, the ways we are living by constantly seeking the approval of the people around us and it's crushing us. And Jesus comes to us saying, I am life. Jesus is saying, I, I have come and I'm not, 
I'm not darkness. Jesus has come and I am not grief. Jesus has come and I'm not crushing. Jesus has come and I'm not overbearing. Jesus has come and he's saying he's life. And this life is light. It's light that exposes that Jesus, Jesus isn't just this mentor. Jesus isn't just this life coach. Jesus is life. He's life. Allow me to read this beautiful quote from Don Carson that Jess Hodgkinson just nailed. nailed. If God had perceived that our greatest need was economic, he would have sent an economist. If he had perceived that our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent us a comedian or an artist. If God had perceived that our greatest need was political stability, he would have sent us a politician. If he had perceived that our greatest need was health, he would have sent us a doctor. But he perceived that our greatest need involved our sin, our alienation from him, our profound rebellion and our death. And he sent us a savior. This is why we need Jesus. That our greatest need is that we're trapped living out of these stories, these internal compasses. The friend I was talking to, Eliza, I have to be perfect to have worth. This man that I was catching up with is, I need to be approved to have worth. And Jesus, that is life, comes and says, no, you don't need to be perfect. Let me be perfect for you. And Jesus comes and said, no, you don't need to get your worth from being approved by everyone around you. I approve of you before you've done anything. And as I was sitting in front of them this week, I actually, I said these very words. Not often I'm this brave. I'm like, hey, I'm actually preaching on this, this sermon this Sunday. And this is why we need Jesus. This is why we need Christmas. That you don't need to get your worth from being perfect all the time. Jesus' perfection is given to you. And, you know, you don't need to be eternally, universally approved. Jesus approves of you as you are. And this is why we need Christmas. This is the light that Jesus has shone into our life. I just want to invite the band up as I, as I close. And I've actually, um, I've preached a sermon on John 1 before, and I look back at my notes, and I was actually quite disappointed at myself because the metaphor of light here, I think I used really unhealthily. I used this idea that Jesus' light in our life um, was kind of like when you turn on a light in this dirty bachelor pad at 2 a.m. when you come home, what do you see? Those of you who might live, live in it, when you come home, end of a Saturday night, it's pitch black, you're in the middle, middle of Enmore, what do you see when you turn on the lights? You turn on the lights and you see the cockroaches. They all scatter, they all scatter back to the crevices. And I think, I think there might be some truth to that. Jesus does come and reveal some of the the, the hidden things, that things that need to be exposed in us. But I think what's more profound about Jesus being light to us is, do you know what happened when that sunrise came in that camping ground in Washington State? I didn't just get the warmth and the light that I needed. That light exposed the beauty around me. As I stepped out of the tent, I actually saw because of the light the beauty of the trees and the color, the color, that depth of green that I've seen that I've never seen before. 
that Jesus comes not just to expose what's in us, but he actually gives us life and light. Uh, 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 it's actually putting a light, a lamppost, exposing the way that we're supposed to live, the best way that we're supposed to live. Now, I d- all I want to close with is just giving you whatever that thing is, the thing is that you are living for, the, the, the narratives that you're living out of. I don't know what it is, but the classic ones are I need to be perfect, I need to be approved, or I need to be in control. And as Jess Hodgkinson said, Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. That we are all broken and need Jesus to give us a new way, a new pathway to live. And if you're living out of having universal approval, just know that Jesus approves of you because of what he's done and nothing of what you've done. And if you have the need to be always in control and having everything go the way you do, just know that Jesus being in control, even though it's painful, will lead to the best life for you. And that if you need to always have everything perfect, just know that Jesus' perfection is given to you. And Jesus is life and he's light for us. Now let me pray. Yeah, Father, I want to celebrate that you came not for the perfect, but you came for the sick. And Lord, we want to acknowledge that we are living in ways where we want everything done in perfect control and we want to be approved of. And Jesus, we need your light to expose what's in us, but also to expose the best way for us to live and for humanity to live around us. So we just want to thank you for coming, for entering into the world 2,000 years ago when there was darkness, but also entering into our life and exposing the need that we have for you. And Father, just give us light and clarity about how you want us to live. And Father, I just want to pray that this time, especially this, yeah, this time of worship would be pleasing to you. And we just want to lift you up, Jesus, and say thank you for coming. Thank you for the Savior you are. And we love you. We honor you, Jesus. And we want to pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.